Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. Good morning, Real Life Church. How you doing today? Whether you're here live or watching online, I just invite you to stand to your feet and worship with us this morning. Man, God is so good. We have so much to be thankful for. So let's celebrate him today as we sing. Feel free to get those hands going. Wandering into the night, wanting a place to hide this weary soul. This bag of bones. I try with all my might, but I just can't win the fight. I'm slowly drifting, a vagabond. And just when I ran out of the road, I met a man I didn't know, and he told me. morning. He's good, isn't he? Let's keep it going. I cannot deny what I've seen. I got no choice but to believe. My doubts are burning like ashes in the wind. So, so long to my old friends. Burden and bitterness. You can't just keep it moving. Nah, you ain't welcome here. From now till I walk the streets of gold, I'll sing of how you saved my soul. This wayward son has found a way back home. You pick me up, you turn me around, you place my feet on solid ground. I think the master. Savior, because you healed my heart, you changed my name, forever free, I'm not the same, I thank the Master, I thank the Savior. Because he picked me up. 
morning. You're thankful for him this morning. Give him a shout of praise in this place today. Amen. That's right. Hey, this next song, Who You Say I Am, man, the theme of it really comes straight from John 8, which says you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Jesus says who the sun sets free is free indeed. So this next song really is a proclamation of our identity in him. Say 
that comes in following Jesus. And today he says you can be free. Because you unravel me with the melody. You surround me with the song of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears are gone. Cause I'm no longer a slave to fear.
with one voice lift this up that I'm no longer a slave to fear release it to him today cause I am a child of God and I'm no longer a slave to fear for I am a child I was definitely waiting for the drum beat. All right, hey, how are we doing everyone at Real Life Church? Hey, what a promise that is. We are no longer slaves to fear, but we are all children of God. Give God some praise for that promise today. Hey, and it is so good to see you all here at Real Life Church this morning. I see those smiles, I see the brightness in the room. It's a little dreary outside, but that's not gonna affect how we feel in the house today. So, hey, I'm feeling the energy of another group right now. They're not joining us in person, but they are joining us completely online. Can we give a big shout and welcome to Real Life Church Online. Make them feel at home this morning. Awesome, and go ahead and share those smiles with your neighbors around you, say hi, and then go ahead and find your seat. again to Real Life Church. If I have not had the chance to meet you yet, my name is Brandon. I serve on the Connection team here. And speaking of connection, as you guys are finding your seats, you're going to hold out that card right in front of you. It's our physical connection card. We invite everyone in the house to fill that out each week as much as you feel comfortable. Um, And what it does is it helps us get more connected with you. Um, So we'd invite you to fill that out. If you are new here, uh, go ahead and check either that first time or second time here box um, and allow us to get to know that you are joining us, you know, for the first or second time and and how we can help you feel a little more plugged in here at Real Life Church. If you do call Real Life home, uh, there are some steps for you as well. Um, And there's next steps at the bottom of that card. Um, We also have prayer requests. So what we do is we take these cards, we pray over them each week uh, to make sure we are all feeling fed and, and nourished here as a church family. Um, And hey, we will be picking those cards up later in the gatherings as the giving buckets pass. So hold on to those until that time. Well, hey, Real Life Church is a church on mission. And that mission is to see people far from God discover their real life and purpose in Jesus. Because we truly believe every soul has a purpose. Every soul is designed to carry out a God-given mission. And this is the mission we live by here at Real Life. And I'm excited because we are starting a brand new series today called That We May. And, you know, life is crazy sometimes. Life throws you curveballs, and sometimes you find yourself asking that, that question that we all do from time to time. Am I enough? Am I enough? Am I enough on my own? And here's the thing. We are enough. God created us to be enough, and Jesus was more than enough for us. So we're going to lead into this new series today. Let's give a big shout out to Brian Hoover as he's going to kick this thing off for us. Hey, thanks, Brandon. Well, good to see you here this morning. Let's go ahead and start off in a word of prayer and ask God to bless the message today. Dear Jesus, I come to you right now in the stillness of this moment, Lord. Um, What some amazing worship we had here. I am a child of God, Lord, and I just thank you so much that I'm no longer a slave to sin, but a slave to you, Lord. Lord, I pray for the message today, Lord. Use me, use my tongue, use my lips. Allow the Holy Spirit to work here today. And we just thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, so we're starting a brand new series that's called That We Pray. We, those that have accepted and trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. We, Those that were transformed by the power and grace of Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit in our lives. We, the ones that are sitting here today that have professed the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? And we find this scripture in 1 Peter 2.9, but to understand this, we need to first read Exodus chapter 19, verse 5 and 6. 
It says this, Now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possessions. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These words you are to speak to the Israelites. And so we see here, this is Israel's promise from God if they obey and believe. But because of their unbelief and disobedience, the church occupies this favored place now. Which brings us to 1 Peter 2.9. So let's go ahead and read that. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Does this sound familiar? God's special possession that you, that we may what? Declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into the wonderful light. Scripture says that you were once dark and now light. And what should we do with that? What do we do? We declare. So if you're transformed in your life, you live in a transformed life, what should happen? You should declare. If there is a change in your life, right, you're going one way, but you turn 180 direction and there's a change, what do you think we should do? We should You get it now, right? And as a body of believers, this has happened to us that we may declare. And so we see this in Scripture. And clearly we see that there is something that takes place in a person's life. It says, you're chosen, you're holy, you're special, you're royal, you're set apart. And this is called Jehovah Mekadesh, which means the Lord who sanctifies. Today, we're going to dive into this biblical word, sanctification, and what that would look like for you, but also we're going to be kind of going through my transformation story that took place in my life here. And so to get started, sanctification, the root word, okay, the root of this word actually uh, has several different words involved in it. So you have sanctification, you have holy, you have holiness, you have saint. And sanctify. And before we move any further, let me just plug this in here. My good friend Dan Bray here is leading the life group. It says the pursuit of holiness, right? The pursuit of God. Okay? And the pursuit of holiness. I thought it was pursuit of holiness. I totally got that totally wrong. <laughs> but holiness comes into that. So, uh, all right. But anyhow, so we see here. These four, five different words, sanctification, holy, holiness, saint, and sanctify. The word, the root word means to be set apart. To be set apart from evil and to be set apart to God. To be set apart from evil and to be set apart to God. So what are the agents of sanctification? Obviously, we have God as one of the agents. But guess what? There's another agent. And it requires you. It's not one or the other. There has to be both. Now, there's three phases of sanctification. All right? You have your past, present, and future. So when it comes to your past, it's called positional sanctification. So this happens at the point of salvation. Scripture says this in 1 Corinthians 6.11. And that is what some of you were, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So this is what you call positional sanctification. You were this, but now you're cleansed, and so you are positionally sanctified. 
The present, the second phrase is present, which is the word progressive sanctification. And what this is, it's acting out of your positional sanctification. It's the acting out of your positional sanctification. 2 Corinthians 7.1 says, Therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates the body and spirit, perfecting what? Holiness, which is the same root word, out of reverence for God. And so progressive sanctification is acting out the positional sanctification that you've already had. And then you have future all right, which is perfect sanctification. This takes place when the Lord, our Savior, comes back in the clouds, right? The rapture or when you die on this earth. And so where it's where you are presented as sinless and perfect. Jude 24 says this, To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. 1 John 3, 2 says this, Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known, but what we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him. Who is he? He's perfect. He's sinless. And so we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. A star. <laughs> if you don't know what that is, we'll have to talk later. So I grew up, um, my parents uh, forced me to go to church. And as a teenager, I hated it. I hated going to church, but my, my parents forced me. And as I look back, I look at my life now and where I'm at, I definitely thank God for my parents forcing me to go to church, and I'm thankful they did that. Anybody like that with me in here? Anybody? No? Just me. All right, awesome. Oh, I got a few. I got a few hands. I saw them. But here's, here's the thing. I trusted Jesus at a young age of six. And at that time, I knew something happened. I knew that my position went from death to life. I knew my position went from hell to heaven. Randall, you want this? <laughs> you want this? Okay. So, yes, I was saved at a young age of six. And I was a pretty good kid until I was in this about seventh or eighth grade. Things started to change. Sin started to look good, right? That's how the devil gets you. It starts to look good, just like the apple, right? It looked good. My friends influenced each other negatively, and I started doing things I knew I shouldn't be doing. And what took place was I started developing bad habits that allowed sin to have dominion over my life. In eighth grade, bodies change. Girls started looking really good. How you doing? Uh, that's when I started smoking for the first time, was in eighth grade. I started to become a really great liar. I lied to my parents all the time. I lied and lied and lied. My grades started to plummet. By ninth grade, I started stealing. And this wasn't just few bucks from my parents' wallet. This was me and my buddies would go to the mall and we'd steal thousands and thousands of dollars worth of stuff. I thank God to this day I never got caught because I could have been somewhere else totally different than I am today. But that's what we'd do. We'd steal. I started drinking. I started smoking marijuana. I started going to parties. 
I collected guns and knives in ninth grade. By 10th grade, I had gang-like activities that I was a part of. I wasn't in a gang, but I had a group of friends that acted like a gang. Uh, we would fight people over and over again. We'd meet up with people. We had brass knuckles. Whatever it took, we'd beat people up. That's what we did. We'd start shooting guns for the purpose of hurting people. And of course, more girls, more drinking, more parties. While I was all still going to church, right? My parents forced me to go to church. While I was still going to church, all these things were happening. And deep down, I knew that wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. But sin had dominion in my life, and my life was spiraling out of control. I remember the moment, though. I remember the moment that God took captive my thoughts. I remember the time in my life where things started to change. I looked at life at a different way, and it was a worldview that I've never seen before. And if you weren't here last week, Barry talked about worldviews. And I remember that me and my buddies were all together in this house, and we were picking a fight with a, another rivalry group of people and over some stupid girl. I mean, the girl was awesome, but, I mean, it was over a girl, and there was a big fight, and we were, I mean, it was a huge deal. And they said, where do you want to meet up? And we, you know, they're midnight at Red, the parking lot of Red Beans Bayou Grill. All right, awesome, we're going to meet there. We're going to fight. How many people are you bringing? We're bringing about 15, 20 people. Awesome, we'll bring 15, 20 people. What do you want to use? Bring your guns because we're bringing ours. Okay. And I remember to this day where I was sitting next to a trash can, dumpster. Got there early so we could stake out the place, get ready. And 30 minutes before time was to go, looking at my gun in my hand, I said to myself, what am I doing with my life? There's got to be more to this life than what I'm doing right now. The struggle was real. That summer, that was uh, early summer. And by midsummer, I always go to church camp. Uh, something that I always did and I love to do. And so I went to church camp that summer with that thought captive in my mind. And I really doubted my salvation. And I told, I remember where I was. I was at the Lake of the Ozark, Camp Windermere, at a picnic table. And I was sitting down with my pastor. And I said, Pastor, I seriously doubt my salvation. Like things are so messed up in my life. I seriously doubt it. And he looked at me. He said, hey, I'm going to ask you a few questions. He said, Brian... Do you believe in Jesus? Well, yeah, of course I do. Do you believe that he died and arose again on the third day? Well, yeah, of course I do. He said, Brian, it's not a salvation issue. It's a slave issue. It's a sin issue. You have become a slave to sin instead of a slave to God. You are not being set apart, but this is what I learned later in life. You're not being set apart from evil and set apart to God, amen? And so that day, on those picnic tables, I recommitted my life and I rededicated my life to him. And from that point, everything changed for me. That transformation process has finally taken hold in my life. a little awkward in here today. Awkward is awesome, amen? <laughs> mm. Acts 20, 32 says this. Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you inheritance among all those who are 
sanctified. Some of you were like me. I would have considered myself barely saved. Barely saved. You tasted, you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. It became yours, but you put it at a distance. And here's the thing. Until you know who you are, you won't know what to do. Let me say that again. Until you know who you are, you won't know what to do. If you have to figure out, you have to figure out who you are in Christ before you can truly start growing in Christ. Amen. And when you are positionally sanctified, God sees you as set apart for him. 1 Corinthians 1-2 says this. To the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints. Same word, same root word. With all who are with all who in every place call on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. And when you accept him positionally, you are no different than St. Peter, St. Paul, St. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There is no difference. There is no extra blood poured out to them. They don't have bonus Calvary. Amen? When you accept him positionally and you are positionally sanctified, there are no difference. You are a saint. You are a child of God. You need to see yourself as God sees you. Moses, back in the Old Testament, he's standing there before the burning bush, having a conversation. And he says, who am I? Who am I? And Moses could not do anything until he figured that out. Once he figured that out, the rest is history. And so as a saint, you are set apart from evil and set apart to God. Which comes to the next point, which isn't in the you version, but I want you to understand this. How you look at yourself will establish the foundation of your victory or defeat in your experiences. I will say that again. How you look at yourself will establish the foundation of your victory or defeat in your experiences, which moves us into this progressive sanctification. 1 Peter 3.15 says this, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that's already inside of you, right? So you have the hope, you're sanctified, you're positionally sanctified, but it says here, but sanctify. So you're sanctified, but sanctify. Sanctify, but sanctify. What it's saying is time to act out the sanctification that you possess in your life, which is the process of sins, breaking the sin's dominion over you, amen? So what does that look like? What did that look like for me? Well, in 11th and 12th grade, after I made that transformation, I left my friends of 10 years. They were my best friends. It was the hardest thing I had to do, but I knew I had to do it. I left them. I, uh, I stopped partying. Like, I tried one time to go to a party without doing those things. And what took place, my, friend, my friends pinned me down and blew marijuana smoke in my face out of disrespect. I realized that I couldn't go near it. Like, you're supposed to be set apart from evil. And I was finally getting it. I couldn't go to parties anymore, so I stopped partying. I started getting straight A's. I started and led a prayer group, the first prayer group at Southeast High School. On Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. before school started. I started declaring the word of the Lord to people at my school. It was so awesome because I started bringing my Bible to school. Like this was at a time where they were huge. You cannot proclaim Jesus. You can't say Jesus is in school, right? And it's even bigger now, but that's where it's all started. And so, you know what? 
fine, I'll put the Bible on my desk. And what happened, every period that I went to, I put my Bible on my desk, and people would be like, dude, what's that? A Bible. Hey, if they start the conversation, guess what? I could finish it. And so I started declaring Jesus to my peers at Southeast. Then I went to community college. Oh, and even at school, I don't know, there was a thing that went across uh, my junior, senior year of high school, a T-shirt that said, I believe, right? Did anybody have those shirts that said, I believe, back in the day? Oh, man, I'm old. But anyhow, all right, so it said, I believe on it. And it was just a random shirt you wore once a week. And so you'd go into the school, and you had this shirt on, and people ask you, what do you believe? <laughs> yeah. So I started declaring the word of the Lord, not even only in my school. I wore it out in public, and people would ask, what do you believe? It was just an awesome time for me to declare the name of Jesus. And so when I went to community college after high school. I led my first youth group. Uh, my pastor, my home pastor came to me and said, hey, why don't you, uh, I see the transformation that's taking place in your life. Why don't you try leading a youth group at our home church? And I said, oh, okay. And I got to proclaim, I got to declare the name of Jesus to those teens that summer. Not only that, I received God's calling upon my life and what I was supposed to do with the rest of my life. So after community college, I went to Bible college. I became a resident assistant. I was able to declare God to all those people that were on my floor. I led a Bible study group at Southwest Missouri State University. That's what it was called before. Now it's changed something else. But I got to lead a Bible study group there on campus with some of my peers. And I remember... After we did a Bible study, we went out onto the campus and started talking to strangers, to people, and said, hey, do you know Jesus? Do you love, like, and having a conversation with them and letting them know that, hey, Jesus loves them and cares for them and declaring the name of Jesus. And it's not about me, okay? I'm telling you this because it's not about me and what I've done. It's about the transformation that took place. And when that transformation happens, you can't help but declare, Right? So good. So what took place? What was the process of breaking sin's dominion over me? What does that look like for you? I want you to understand this, which is the third thing here. A cooperative effort between you and God must be put forth in order to experience progressive sanctification. Say that one more time. A cooperative effort between you and God must be put forth in order to experience progressive sanctification. Colossians 1.29. This is the only time I get to do this, so it's happening. Colossians 1.29 says this. That's why I work and struggle so hard, depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me. I work and I struggle. I work and I struggle, but depend on Christ's mighty power. Amen. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can do, but through, through Christ, amen? I can do, but through Christ. Philippians 2, 12 and 13 says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. It's saying this, you work out your salvation, right? You work it out. And guess what? God is working in, amen? You're working out and God is working in in if God is working in but you are not working out you won't see it and you will miss it if you're working out but God's not working in you're wasting your time 
It is both you and God, not one or the other. It has to be both. Sanctification is being set apart from evil and set apart to God. So many times, so many times, we're right here. And there's a line between evil, this is evil, right? We're supposed to be set apart from evil and set apart to God. But sometimes as Christians, we're, we're right here. God calls us. You taste the goodness of God, you wanna stay far away from evil and be closer and closer to God, amen? Set apart from evil and set apart to God. And if you figure this out, there is a radical transformation that starts to take place in your life that we may, what? Declare, declare, declare. A radical transformation takes place and we declare what? First Peter 2, 9, declare what? The praises of him. Let's quickly look at the benefits of sanctification. The first thing I think of is eternal life. Man, I cannot wait till the day that we are there with him. Now, I got a I got to do this yesterday in my garage as I practice because I have five kids and I can't do it in the house. So I practiced with the Tootsie Roll, and guess what? I got to eat the Tootsie Roll. And one day, when either we're raptured or when you die, you will have eternal life, those that are positionally sanctified, and you get to taste the sweetness of that Tootsie Roll. Amen? Another benefit. You get to experience the presence of God in your life. This is good. God is good. His presence is good. But I think the best benefit that takes place is declaring, investing in others. You give other people a chance who are far from God to discover their real life and purpose. You allow them to start the phases, the process of sanctification. When you declare, catch, you get to declare. You want one? I see you. I see you, who wants one? Anybody want one? There you go. Yeah, I see a hand. Last one over here. Oh, right over there. One of the biggest praises, the best benefit, is that you declare Jesus to other people. I'm going to tell you one final story. And this happened to me my first years as a youth pastor in Decatur, Illinois. And uh, I wasn't going to get emotional, but here we go. Um, we lived in a neighborhood. Um, it was a lot of kids. And I got, we were walking the neighborhood one day, and we started developing a relationship with this guy named Aquintus. I think it was like sixth or seventh grade uh, when we started developing this relationship with him. He's a great kid. Uh, didn't have a dad. Dad was non-existent. The mom was working all the time, and so he was left alone with his siblings um, and it would just so happen that God told me hey you need to invite him to church camp and I said man I, I talked to the mom I said I really want him to go to church camp I don't care about the money like we'll figure it out we'll get a way for him to go 
And so we're sitting there at church camp. And I remember it was the second day. He was holding the door for people coming in and out. Just an awesome kid. And he said, hey, Brian, I got a question for you. I said, sure. He said, who is Jesus? Like, I hear people talking about Jesus all the time here. And I have no clue who this Jesus character is. I have no idea. Who is Jesus, Brian? And I felt so ashamed at that moment, but so happy. Because I almost missed the opportunity to declare Jesus to this kid. Because I just assumed that everybody in America knows who Jesus is. But I'm telling you, in the world that we live in today, there are people that don't know Jesus. And it was so awesome because I got to declare Jesus Christ to this kid named Aquintus. And his life was forever changed. He accepted Jesus Christ that day. One of the best benefits is to declare the name of Jesus with your transformed life. I don't know where you are at today, but I wonder, how many of you here were like me? Maybe you were saved and you put that lollipop off in the distance. And maybe it's been a while that you've had this progressive sanctification in your life and you maybe here today can say, Brian, that is me. I need to recommit my life to you. Maybe some of you here, maybe it wasn't like an early time, but maybe you did accept Jesus Christ, your personal savior later in life, but you have put him off and you are not tasting the goodness of God. You're not progressing in your sanctification and you need to progress in your sanctification. Maybe some of you here has never ever trusted Jesus Christ as your personal savior. Maybe today this is the first time that you truly understand that hey, God loves you and cares for you and he wants you as his very special own. You're chosen, you're royal, you're special, you're set apart. Close your eyes for me today. I don't know where you're at. Maybe some of you are struggling really hard deep down with, maybe sin has dominion in your life. And you need to break the sin's dominion. Maybe you need to taste the goodness of God and pick up this lollipop and just taste the goodness of God and work it out with you and him together. So my first question is this, is this, if you are here today and you are that person that have put the lollipop from a distance in your life and you wanna say, hey, I wanna recommit, I wanna rededicate my life to Christ. If that is you today, would you raise your hand? No one's looking. Is that you to this morning? Yeah, I see your hand. Yeah, thank you for your honesty. Maybe some of you here can say, Pastor Brian, I'm trying really hard, but sin has a dominion in my life and it's hard for me to break free from that. I need more of Jesus. I need help working it out. If that is you this morning, would you raise your hand? Does sin have dominion in your life? How about you? Anybody here like that this morning? Yeah, I see your hand. Yes. But maybe there's someone in here that you've never trusted Jesus as your savior. And you wanna start that positional sanctification in your life. You realize you need something deep down. And if that is you this morning, would you raise your hand? Yes, yes. The Bible says, 
Romans that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be positionally sanctified. So those of you that raise your hands this morning, I, I want you to repeat after me and say, Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you came to this earth and died on the cross for me. I believe that you arose again on the third day, changed my life, come into my life and change me for the first time. Lord, do it. In Jesus' name. If that is you today, you are now positionally sanctified today. Dear Jesus, I come to you for those that raised their hands earlier that said that they want to change life, they want to recommit their life, they want to rededicate their life to you. Lord, I pray today they realize they need to pick up this lollipop and start tasting the goodness, the presence of you and start changing and starting that progressive sanctification in their life. Lord, help them, guide them. We thank you this day. Let us leave here transformed so that we may declare the praises of you. And everybody said, amen. Give it a round of applause for those who accepted Jesus Christ today. Brian's got some passion in his bones, huh? Get the fire coming out. So, I mean, give it for Brian. Let him know you love him today. Come on. Man, just a reminder of the things of God that we may declare and, uh, you know, give our lives to Jesus, right? And uh, from some of you guys feel like, man, my story's not big enough and, man, God can use my life. And what a reminder, man, that you are a saint. So th St. Brian, thank you so much, right? I mean, you just think through like, man, this is who we are in Christ, right? And uh, we give the devil a lot of credit. And uh, today's just a reminder of who he is and that we may declare really the goodness of God. These take us out of darkness and a marvelous light of Jesus. And for some of you today, I mean, I was just listening to the invitation and it sounds like the Holy Spirit's pulling you guys in and showing you and shaping your mind of who you are in Christ. And so I want to encourage you guys, for those that maybe took that step today, like the Spirit's calling you, said, man, I'm putting my faith in Jesus. And you took that step out of like really darkness into the marvelous light of Jesus. We want to celebrate with you. We want to encourage you. One of those greatest things that God gives us is new believers and want to build you guys up, strengthen you, encourage you. So if you can't on that connection card, we just indicate and let us know. Uh, we're going to send you a book in the mail. It'll ship on Monday. But we, we want to get behind you, support you, and encourage you, and to and show what it's like to live for Jesus. And it, it's not a, a thing you do on your own. I talk to people all the time. It's like, hey, I'm going to get ready to do this. And it's like, man, God already made you ready. He sent Jesus. He gave his best. And so I want to encourage you guys and help you guys on that journey. So check that box, and uh, maybe we'll be just connecting with you. Uh, there's a Bible in the back for you guys that made the decision. Or if you don't own a Bible, maybe just take the bag and start reading the Bible. You know, right? you know what I mean? Um, but declaring things to God is just so important in our lives. And today we have one of the greatest opportunities uh, really to play a part of the story. Uh, really the mission of the church is to get uh, the voice of Jesus, what God's done in our life, that transformation out to the lost and dying world. Amen. And we, we get to do that. And we don't have to, you may think, well, my story is not that significant. Your story is significant. And what God has done in your life, you may feel, oh, I'm, not, I'm not ready. I'm not there yet. Well, God has done, he's put DNA inside of you. You know, every cell in the body can actually replicate the entire body because there's DNA you have that DNA as a Jesus follower. And so one of the coolest things we do is get people connected to be the mouthpiece, really the, through the voice, the soundtrack of God. And so there's something we do today called Crash Course. And for those you call Real Life Home or a Jesus follower, I would encourage you to get plugged in. Uh, really as Crash Course, it's really just a way of saying, hey, who are you? What's your shape? Uh, what's your identity in Christ? What's your personality? How's God wired you? And how can we plug you in to just be a mouthpiece, not just here on Sunday morning, but in your life for the things of Christ? And so if you're not plugged in and, and, and making a difference and serving on mission, I would encourage you to be a part of this. Uh, two o'clock today, me and Diane, some of the leaders, uh, really just sharing the heartbeat of this church and what God has for you and, you know, doing some personality tests and the spiritual gifting. And say, hey, this is maybe something God can use you to use you for and use your life that we can declare, come on somebody, the praise of God. Now, it's easy to say, hey, I, I don't know, I don't know what, I didn't do anything special, but hey, God used my life and uh, maybe God can change yours. Here's some light or, or, or a lollipop, come on, right? <laughs> Start throwing those out. Uh, but God can use you, God can use your story. So as a lot of people come on Sundays, I would encourage you, if you call Real Life Home, man, don't, don't miss this, this is significant. So many people will say, how do I get plugged in? Well, this is one way to get plugged in. And, and ultimately, we don't want you to come here and sit and just be a part of Sunday morning setup team or something. We want you guys to live on mission. 
want you guys to make disciples. Why don't you guys just share your story? Just like Brian shared his story. He lit up a school for Jesus. Come on, somebody, right? Uh, didn't know any difference that Jesus, dude. And uh, we, we can just take Jesus where we go. And uh, you know what? You're like, well, I don't be the weird guy. Well, guess what? You've been changed by Jesus. Come on, somebody. Awkward is awesome. It's going to happen, isn't it? Just what we're called to be. We're salt and light. We're not supposed to be the world. So first thing is crash course today. Uh, next week, we're continuing the series um, that we may declare and uh, really diving into the priesthood of believers. You don't know what it is. Come back. It's going to be amazing. Uh, but we've got a kind of a brand new preacher in the house, uh, especially on Sunday morning kind of crew. Um, I'm going to have to do some kind of wicked introduction next week. This guy has introduced me so many times. I don't know. We're going to work all sorts of stuff in next week. you got to be seeing it. Uh, but next week, uh, Drew Holcomb is going to preach his first message up here. So we give it to Drew. Come on. <laughs> He's like, is this pressure or is this the spirit of God? <laughs> it's going to be great. And um, it's going to be a banger. Um, that's what he always tells me. <laughs> anyway, he's going to do great, man. But um, I, I just know this guy is gifted as a speaker and his heart for you guys. You, you know he loves you guys. He loves the Lord. And uh, I'm just telling you, he's going to do fantastic. So uh, be back next week. Bring somebody with you. Uh, I know it's Father's Day next week. Uh, might be a good time uh, just to invite Dad out, you know, and uh, we'll do a photo booth and stuff. Um, also coming up, we got some special promotion Sunday coming up the 25th for Real Life Kids. So uh, everybody gets to jump up the next grade. I know some of the kids have been really excited to get in the different programs. So if you're incoming elementary or, or kindergarten, you go to elementary program, incoming sixth graders, they'll jump up to Real Life Youth on 25th. And uh, there's all sorts of special stuff planned for all the kids. So, And uh, there's all sorts of details that are coming your way. But that, just mark your calendar. Uh, one of the coolest things we do is be generous. And you, go, you guys who give, you get to make a difference in declaring the goodness of God. And over the last few weeks, man, just seeing tears in people's eyes as they accept Jesus. Uh, there's hands raised in, in all the gatherings. Uh, I'm sitting back in No God class and just showing people the scripture and just seeing the light bulbs turn on. Uh, in the life group, just, man, people confessing to God, people just going, hey, we got to get on mission. And it's just exciting to play part of the story. Uh, this week was really special. We actually had a life group. Uh, Dan had a life group over at the uh, at the Hope Center. And they uh, end up talking to a homeless man. And uh, long story short, one of the guys in this group, literally, they, they talk about Jesus, guy, and they, they kind of gave him a little gruff, like, man, get, get straight, get square. I've been there, you know, that kind of stuff. And this guy literally took his own shoes off his feet and gave it to this homeless man in the name of Jesus. And so that's what you get to do for the story of Christ. Come on, give it for that man. We'll shout out to John Burt. He'll be back. How beautiful the feet of those. Come on, somebody, right? Like literally like took his shoes off for the gospel. And that's what you do when you give here. We can see transformation. And it's hard to measure like, oh, this many people there and this and this. But there's stories happening every single week. So I would encourage you to call Real Life Home, man. Be, be generous with your giving. Like don't hold back the blessing that God can use you to move the mission forward, to change people's lives. And this is what we do every single week in, week out. We see people's lives changed. I don't know, we're, we're getting close to 50 people coming to Christ this year, which is amazing. And so all these things are happening. So be a part of the story, man. Bless the thing that blesses you. Uh, if you're new to church and this is your first week, you've been coming for a few weeks, man. We don't want anything from you. We want something for you. Uh, we call it home, man. Three ways to give. You guys know the ways. We've seen it a million times, right? Online, text, give in person. I would encourage you guys, if, uh, if you need help or assistance, I mean, some of your family, it's a friend. Man, reach in these goo buckets, take out some loose cash, use it to bless somebody. Uh, and ultimately, like, if you need help, just go tell somebody. Come on, somebody, right? Like, we're here to bless you guys and uh, really pay it forward and give you guys a hand up and uh, just bless you on the way. Those connection cards, if you grab those, man, everybody just check the box. Man, I come all the time. It's filled with prayer requests. We pray over these every single week in our staff meetings. If it's confidential, we keep it confidential. But fill those out. Let us know what's going on in your life. Man, check things that God's called you to check. Turn in. We're going to follow up with you guys, get connected. Uh, this is the first week of life groups. Uh, I know everybody had incredible groups. Come on, somebody. That's uh, been good. And so I'm going to invite Diane up and uh, kind of share a little bit of what God did this last week in our group. So get up for Diane. Let her know you love her. Yeah, so we had an awesome kickoff to our groups this week. A ton of you joined in and jumped one, and it jumped into one, and it was awesome. So I had this group at 6 a.m. on Tuesday, and I thought there ain't no way anybody's getting up at 6 a.m. to come out to group during the summertime, right? Um, but man, God surprised me, and not to anything to do with me or recruiting anybody. We had this awesome group of women come out and walk, and I said, you know what? I'm gonna commit that this summer in our group, we're gonna focus in on the Word of God and what it can show us. And it was so cool. We just dove into a couple verses as 
as we walked and we talked. And for the first week of life groups, it was so powerful because there was one woman who she was just very openly sharing. She's going through all these struggles and feeling this weight in her life of, you know, like this stuff is weighing me down. and I don't know what to do. And about, I don't know, our third lap around the rec park, she was like, you know what? This is so cool. Like I am hearing the perspectives of all these women in the group and getting their wisdom and understanding what the word of God says to help me to take this step in my life that I need to lift that weight off. And I was like, what a perfect picture. We were talking about Hebrews 12, one and two of like throwing off weight and throwing off sin that holds us back from following Jesus. But I was like, what a perfect picture of how we can bear one another's burdens. And it's not always physically bearing something, but we were able to emotionally bear her burdens and help her and spiritually say, we're praying for you as you're working through all these hard things in your life. And it was so powerful because that's really why God intends us to be together. He gives us community. He gives us a body. We can know him on our own, but we were never meant to live and grow in him alone. So this is your challenge. You are not too late. Groups are just getting kicked off and I hope that you'll find one. There are so many good ones and so many ways to connect with the body, to connect with God's word and the believers throughout this summer. Even if you're in town, you know, three or four times, jump into a group. It's going to change your life. You'll never regret doing that. And so that's my big challenge to you. But we had just an awesome first week and I'm so looking forward to 6 a.m. again this Tuesday to walk. That's right. Some laps around the park this morning and dive into what God has for us. So what an incredible Sunday we've had, right? We are diving into the word of God. It's powerful. We get to celebrate corporately. And if this is your first time out or first time in a few times, I mean, we hope to see you next week. I'd love to see you back here. Um, love to meet you. Love to get you connected with our church, get you connected with the team and the people here. So next week, 930 and 11, you've heard it here first. Drew Holcomb's going to be bringing a word. Um, bring a friend. It's going to be Father's Day. We're going to celebrate that photo booth. You're not going to want to miss it. Um, we'll have prayer down here. So if you have a prayer need, somebody that you want to connect and come to talk with, please come up here. We'll be happy to pray with you right after this. And then remember, whoever finds Jesus discovers real life and purpose. You guys have a great week.